It's a wonderful um, the way that God orchestrates things. Even what we're singing about this morning, I want to preach about. I mean, there's lots of things you could talk about. But this morning, I'm going to move it. I don't want it out of the way because it wasn't. When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't put away. It wasn't hidden in the back room. It was central to everything. This morning, I want to talk about the cross because it's central to our faith. You cannot do without the cross. There's lots of songs about the cross. The old rugged cross is an old one. Many of you might have heard that. We sing cross. We sing a song. The cross has said it all, and it's never going to lose its power. Jesus died on the cross for you and I, and shed His blood. His blood will never lose its power. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you because of Jesus we're here. Without Jesus we wouldn't be here. And without what he's done, Lord, we're wasting our time. But we thank you this morning that you died, you rose again, and you're sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us here today because you say so in your word. And this morning we just ask, Holy Spirit, that your word is alive Living, a sharp, a two-edged sword. Lord, we pray you'll touch our hearts and lives this morning as only you can. We pray that your word will minister to us as you want it to minister. Not just because the words come out of my mouth, because I want it to be the word of God. Because the word of God changes me. It reads me. It changes everything about me. Your word is living. And I thank you for it this morning. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoa. Oh, praise the Lord. Got a Bible, or a phone, or a tablet, or whatever you want. I hope you've got something. If you've got a phone, get it out. Come on, get it out if you've got a phone. Let's see phones. Because if that's your word of God, you need to get it out. Sorry, I'm going to be old-fashioned with you, because that's what I'm old-fashioned. There's nothing up there. You might see me preaching to you at home. Hello? But a bit old-fashioned. I'm not a technical person. If you want something technical, come to Trevor. Don't come to me. <laughs> Hello? It's true. And Mark, well, you'd help him as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big nod from Mark. Because he's technical. I am not technical. I'm more nuts and bolts, man. Working with his hands to earn a living. <laughs> Praise God. Yes, let's turn to the Bible to 1 Corinthians. Paul's uh, letter to the Corinthians. Um, where he starts, I'm going to read and read from verse 18 in 1 Corinthians. This is what he says. 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1. Sorry. Confusing. I could have said 1 Corinthians chapter 50, couldn't I? Because I've read it down somewhere else. I crossed it out. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I think that's right. Yep, yep. It says this. Says this in my Bible, which is the New King James Version. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. 
Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Hallelujah. The Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Carry on. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That as, that, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. I will destroy, uh, verse 19, you got it open. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Who is a wise man in this world? Is it Bill Gates? Is it Elon Musk? Someone said no. Who is the wise disputer? These, these mighty million, multi-millionaire people. God's not, God's not looking at that. God will read in the world, he said he uses despised things. Things that are not. You and I, we're nobodies. Yet God uses us for his kingdom purpose. Thank God for the cross this morning. It's the only means of our salvation. It's this. It's death and resurrection. It's not good works. It's nothing else that you and I could do to inherit it. It's only him. He did it all. You and I did nothing. You can't do anything. You can't save yourself. You could try. No good. You just can't. It's all God's mercy, his love, and his grace. The cross speaks of death. Can you imagine if we go back 2,000 years ago? Because I'm not sure, Dave, Dave's a historian, he's not, he's into something. I'm not sure if it was the Romans who came up with the cross idea. Barbaric as it was. To kill people, awful death. We died for hours, nailed to that. Which Jesus died and hung on for us. The cross speaks of death for Jesus, but it speaks life to you and me. Death to him, life to you and me. Because he had to die in my place. And yours. Galatians 4.4, 4, if you want to go there, just to read a verse. Because, you've got to understand, because I'm going to read, I'll read the verse and I'll, come, and I'll say what I'm going to say, yeah. In the fullness of time, sorry, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So when the fullness of time had come, so that is when God sent Jesus, when the fullness of time come. We're in time. You and me are not in eternity, we're in time now. When the fullness of time, Christ came to die. This was an awful death at that time. And Jesus died. It's either vertical and horizontal. It's an awful death. But the fullness of time, that was God's timing for you and I. It's God's timing 2,000 years ago. God's plan to rescue humanity from a lost eternity going to hell. 
you and I are the Gentiles. We had no hope. We're in the world with no hope, the Bible tells me. In Ephesians. We had no hope at all. Not, not an ounce of hope. But God's eternal plan of redemption through Jesus Christ's death on the cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Think about it. God came down and died for you and I as a man. Completely God, completely man on the cross. Hallelujah. And redemption through Christ we have. Ephesians 1.7. I've got to read a few verses to you. In him, it says, Ephesians 1.7, you want to read it? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So we have redemption through his blood. The blood that was shed on Calvary is so powerful. It cleanses the fire sinner. The blood of Christ was shed at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, this is an awful thing, right? I said, the fullness of time, the crucifixion, Jesus came at the right time. He didn't come, he could come, you know, he didn't come a thousand years ago, or a hundred years ago. He came over 2,000 years ago, the right time, God's time. Not my time, not your time, God's timing, because God is in control. Remember, God is always in control. Our enemy is not in control. God's in control. God has everything at hand. God sent his son in the fullness of time. God's foreordained plan. Let's read something. I want to show you what it is. If you're in Hebrews, let's read, go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. This what it's, this, I'm going to read some scripture to you again. Praise God. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 10, right? It says, Christ's death fulfills God's will. Therefore, speaking of Jesus, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice an offering you did not desire. Because we know the Old Testament offerings were given. Right through the Old Testament, we read the offerings were given, the blood was shed. But a body you have prepared for me, in burnt offerings and sacrifices of sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said... Behold, I come to do your will. Behold, I come. In the volume of the book, it's written on me to do your will, O God. Praise God. Previously saying, sacrifices and offerings and offerings to sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. Whoa. Once and for all. Jesus offered himself once for all. Foreordained before. See, Jesus knew that he had to come to save humanity. He knew he had to die on the cross. He knew he had to suffer. I mean, can you imagine when we read of the Garden of Gethsemane, sweat, drops of blood and when he was sweating. He knew he had to die for my sin. If I was the only person in the world, he had to die because I could never go to heaven without his death and resurrection. No hope. He had to die. He knew that he had to come. God prepared a body. He came. The body was sacrificed on the cross once and for all. Hallelujah. God ordained it, you know. It was God's plan. This is God's plan. He didn't make it up. He knew. God. God's plan, you know. It was, think of Jesus. He suffered for you and I. I like getting a splint on my finger and you don't either. Imagine four nails smashed through your feet and through your hands. The agony being stashed with a spear in your side. 
blood, and then water comes out, it says in the end, we read in the Gospels. Foreordained God. Nero is going to bruise his son. Bruise him. Smash him to bits. I don't know if you've ever seen the film, what, um, what's his name did? I couldn't, what? Did anyone go and see it? The Passion of the Christ. Did anyone go and see it? It was a gutsy, let's put it mildly, gutsy. Jesus suffered in that way. Suffered for you and I. Oh. And we benefit, we are the beneficiaries of that death and resurrection. Again, I'll read more scripture just to and Peter, one Peter one, eighteen to twenty. Yes, praise you, Lord, yeah. Says this. Knowing that you were knowing that you were redeemed, and what we've corrupted, sorry, knowing that you were redeemed. We didn't grow up to things, not with silver like silver and gold from aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish, without spot. Hallelujah. You was redeemed, you and I. Let's go to Isaiah chapter. So this Isaiah 53, of those of you who know where I'm going to go, I want to read Isaiah 53 to you. Isaiah 53. Here we go. I'm going to read the whole chapter. And this is what it says. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He hid, we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon him. Of our peace was upon him, sorry. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he, did not, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken and they made his, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich at his death because he had done no violence nor was anything deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when he will make his soul an offering for sin. He will see his seed. He shall prolong all his, his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labour of his soul, thank you Jesus, and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many. Glory to God. 
for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors and bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors, which is you and I. That was written 700 years BC. 700 years before Jesus came, that was penned in the word of God. 700 years. We can't really think of more than 70 years, can we? In our generation. Uh, and plus, we, some of us live to 80 if, we, if we're lucky. 700 years. 700 years that pro- proclaimed that the Messiah would come and die. Jesus would die an awful death. Take our sorrows, our sins, our iniquities. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Prophetic word. 700 years ago was fulfilled 2,000 years ago. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mm. Say it again. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Why saying that? Because the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved is the power of God. Oh, the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 22 says this, doesn't it? Jews request signs and Greeks after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. You know, you talk to people, I do, and they say to you, why do you believe that, Jesus? I'll tell you one thing I've noticed over the years as well. People, well, I think somebody said this before, but when you start talking about Jesus, they're either going to accept you or reject you, and then they seem to stay away from you. <laughs> like, yeah, James? You've got, not, that, that not happened to you. Happens to me. They stay away from you. Oh, they don't want to catch that religious stuff. <laughs> oh, he's got that. I remember when my dad got saved. My mum prayed for my dad for many years. From the 60s, 70s, he got saved in 1981, I think it was. And I remember he used to work. He had a colleague he used to work with a lot of work for. And then I come from a Pentecostal background. And then I remember we visited his friends. We used to visit because my dad was like working together. Like, like, like not much like a partnership, right? It wasn't, but a bit like that, let's go. I'll explain it to you. I remember going in the back room in the, in the kitchen with my dad. We'd, we'd visit a friend, you know, because we discussed the work. We'd go, you know, I was helping my dad work with him. And then he, she found he was got, become a Christian. Oh, and, and she said, well, you joined the Pentecostal church. Oh, it's the worst one of all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> they're fearful people. Because he's preached, you know, they chase the devil out of the church. And they preach powerfully. They speak in tongues. And you know, just, oh. I remember that, oh, I thought, oh, I'm sorry, I'm digressing. But I remember, you know, they got, my dad got saved, gloriously saved. Yeah. My dad, when he got saved, it was, some of you will know about my dad. I've heard about him. Such a transformation. When you meet Jesus, there's such a transformation, you know. There is such a transformation. You jump from one life to another, from death to life, literally. And that's how it was with my dad. Remember when he got saved? He... he I'm not going to work on Sunday anymore. I'm going to church. 
He used to work seven days a week. He got saved. He got born again, really filled with God. He came up. For, pastor dragged him out of the church and put him on the front on Sunday morning. Share a bell. Share your testimony. What's happening to you? Why are you so different? Because he got touched by God. The Holy Spirit touched Dad in such a way. I remember other times he'd come to church. Sometimes we'd be in the back room sitting down praying. So, blah, blah, blah. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, we're praying. It's Thursday night prayer meeting. And he'd come in to take my mum home, sit inside, a load of idiots. It's foolishness, see, because they don't understand at that time. It's foolishness. A person's unregenerate, don't understand. Foolishness. Preaching the gospel, what we believe is foolishness to those outside. Foolishness. But we preach Christ crucified, stumbling block. The message of the cross is foolishness. That's what the world is saying. Why? Thank God for it this morning. Because it's your salvation. There is no other way. God would, God would have come up with another way if there was another way. But there ain't no other way. It's this way or no way. There's no other way. I'm sorry. I'm going to get quiet. There's no other way. One God, one Saviour, Jesus Christ, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is nothing else. Not in my world. Jesus is all or nothing. Sorry, I'm getting excited. Jesus is Lord of all. We've been singing some powerful songs this morning as well. The message of the cross, foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, woo, it's the power of God. Amen. Get excited. It is. Woo. It's the power of God. Whoa. Glory. It's the power of God. He says, didn't he? I've, look. What does he say? Carry on. I'll read some more of those verses to you. Look. For you see your calling that not many of you were wise according to the flesh. I'm not wise. I've got no degrees. So what? God saved me. So what? Don't matter, does it? God's in the saving business. So what? Don't matter. He's not interested in the wisdom of the wise of this world. He came to seek and save that which was lost. But you see a calling. Not many are called, sorry. Brethren, that not many are wise are called in the flesh. It might not be wise. Not many are mighty. Not many are noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world. God's chosen them. You and we chose us. Yeah, before the foundation world, the Bible tells you, Ephesians. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame that which is mighty. You know, the weak things God has chosen. You wouldn't think, why is he choosing the weak? Why does he choose the weak things? Why? It's his decision. Why? So it says at the bottom of that chapter, no flesh can glory in his presence. No one. None of us can. No one can glory. No, oh, I'm rich or I'm poor, whatever. God don't care. No one can boast in themselves. God chooses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. God chooses. Woo. Hallelujah. You know? The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen, Aaron. It's the power of God. Glory. Even if you go back, go and read Acts chapter 2. Let's go to quick, I'll go to Acts chapter 2 because it's mentioned even there. The power, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. Quickly flick there. Yeah. 
So on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls got saved, right? Peter gets up and they all think it's six in the morning, uh, it's nine in the morning and they all think they're drunk. Of course, the Holy Spirit's been poured out on the day of Pentecost. And they're thinking, oh, these men are full of new wine and drunk. And then, of course, Peter stands up and gives his address. These men are not drunk, as you suppose, but they're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's descended upon them because they all heard them speak in their own language. But what the verse I want to share with you this morning is this. Um, about because Peter had to explain to all those nations there what Jesus has just done. He died, he rose, he ascended, and then he sent the Holy Spirit. The church was born as we understand it in Acts 2. That's what we understand. The church era, we understand the Holy Spirit was poured out on Acts 2, and you as I understand, because before that time, Jesus would blow on the disciples, the Holy Spirit. And then we have other revelations like um, Peter, when he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, because flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father in heaven. So there are instances we have where the Holy Spirit has revealed things to people. But then, when we get to Acts 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh, in a sense, given for the whole of humanity. Not just for the Jew or the Gentile, everybody, yeah? But then he addresses, and he says this, look, and this is God's game, verses 24, verse of chapter 2 in Acts, right? Him being divinely... Sorry, I've got to get the right verse. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified, put to death, whom God has raised, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by them. Whoa. That's what it says. But that line says, look, him you have delivered. Of course, it, I believe... I believe we would be just as bad if we was alive then. I reckon we would have done the same thing. We would have shouted, crucify him. Would you, would you agree with me or not? Are we, are we so holy and perfect? No, we would have said the same thing. I think we would. Do away with this man. We don't want him over us. We want Caesar or whatever. They would say. Yeah. We would have said the same thing. But what does it say? God's determined. Look, he says, read again. Him being delivered by the determine purpose and foreknowledge of God. So God knew, because Jesus knew what he's going to, what he's had to do. He prepared a body for him. He sent him to world, into our world. He came in this world to save you and I. Question, why preach about the cross? Why preach about the cross? It's all about the cross. When you go out and you see churches, you see a cross on them. We've got one out there somewhere. We've got one in doors. We had several. We're free, I think, one time yet. It's all about the cross. The cross, right? This is group one. The cross is a reverse what sin has done. Because sin brought death. This king's life. Woo! Does brings life. Sin brought death. The cross reversed what sin has done. Sin brought death. Let's go to Romans chapter five. You need to read this Bible. That's what I want you to understand. Romans five. Twenty to twenty one says this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, that's Adam. And death came through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, you and I. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. 
Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offence. Oh, thank you, Jesus. For if by the one man's offence many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. You and I. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who had sinned. For judgment, which came from one offence, resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, which came from many offences, resulted in justification. For if by one man's offence death reigned, through one much more, those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Woo! Therefore, as though one man's offence, sorry, therefore, as through one man's offence, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all. Men result in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Hallelujah. Well, yes, Lord. Moreover, the law entered that the offence might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory. Sin brought death. But this brought death to sin. Yeah, Jesus died. And when we're baptised, we go in here, you are being a witness to me and all of us, those who have been baptised and those who haven't, I encourage you to get baptised. It's a witness testing the world. I have died and I have been resurrected. Symbolic is... Because you've already been saved. You're not getting saved when you get baptised. You're already saved. But it's symbolic that my body is dead. Jesus died and rose again. This is symbolic. I'm going in there. I'm coming out again as a new person. You're already a new person, but you're telling the world I've died. I've died. Thank God. I've died. How we need to die every day. Paul says die daily. Oh, glory to God. The cross brought death to sin. And we sang it this morning. We said something up there for wow, Lord. John 19:30. We sang it in a song. Jesus said this. What did he say? So when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, "It is finished." What is finished? Death. It's defeated our enemy. It's finished. Your reign is finished. I've won. The blood shed won the day for all of humanity. Jesus won for you and I. Sorry, I'm shouting. Get excited. (laughs) We won. Jesus won. Glory to God. He won. He said, It's finished. Woo. It's finished. That's what he said. Satan's dominion is finished. It's curved. Bang. Because Jesus won the day. Wow. Excited. Jesus won for you and I. Finished. I love uh, something else. 1 Corinthians again. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I love, I saw this. 
thing I saw with Trevor and the girls were very young. We went to Christmas, we went to see a film. We loved to see a Christmas film when we grew up with the kids, didn't we, used to go. And we saw uh, The Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe. Remember, have you seen it? Fantastic film by C.S. Lewis, obviously written the book and they put it in the film. But I loved it when Aslan was on the rock and he said the magic has to split. And then they quote that, and he, oh, it just come to me. The verse, I couldn't, I've probably shared this before, but I couldn't get away from this verse. I thought, this is it. C.S. Lewis grabbed it, and that was a long time ago. Oh, glory. Praise God. What does it say? It says this, yeah. I don't know if you remember, most of you have probably seen the film, yeah? yeah. When Aslan's on the rock, it says there's something special magic, because he has to be the sacrifice. He has to sacrifice himself. He's on the rock. And of course, there's an earthquake. The rock's man, and she sees him alive again. Of course, it represents Jesus alive. And this verse here, in nutshell, what he's talking about. Yeah. For none of the rulers, because in the film you see all the demons and all making horrible faces at him, Aslan, and pulling his hair out and beating him up. And all the horrible things they did to Jesus, they did Aslan in the thing in the line which the wall drive, when you see it. But this is the verse that cramped me. Because it came, when I was watching it, I got bang in the eyes. I couldn't, whoa. For none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they'd known, they wouldn't have known. That's what he's saying, Paul's saying. They wouldn't have crucified him. The Lord of glory. But they didn't know. None of them knew. What God had planned. Whoa. <laughs> no, you know what God had planned. Hallelujah. Nobody knew. They would not have crucified. God's foreordained plan for his son to die. Die once and for all. Yeah, we've got to focus on what Jesus done. Get back. I mean, about you, I've been reading a lot of things. Oh, so oh, I'm seizing up. Jesus says to me, "Take up your cross and follow me." And I find that sometimes difficult. I'm sure you do too. But that's what we've got to do. We've got to lose our life for his sake. We've got to take up a cross and follow him. It's not, I'm not saying it's easy, because it's not easy. The, the flesh is fighting all the time. You've got this battle going on with you. Jesus way, no my way. Jesus way, my way. There's battle. Every one of you has got that battle going on. I don't believe none of you hasn't got that battle, because you will have it. If you're following Jesus, you've got a battle going on. Because the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another, Paul says in Romans, Romans 8, and they're having a battle all the time. Why don't you do this thing? Why don't you, you know? No. We're having a battle. Thank God it gives us the power to overcome by the Holy Spirit in us. Because every time we battle in our flesh, we, are, we, we will fail miserably. But thank God he's given us the Holy Spirit to overcome. Blood of the Lamb, the word of the Testament, it says in Revelations 12. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That's how we overcome. And the word of our testimony. Romans 6, 10. I want to read this another verse to you here. It says this. For the death, this is speaking of Jesus, 
For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So he's not going to do this ever, ever again. He's done it once and for all, death on a cross. He's never coming back to die. He's going to come back as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Sovereign King of Kings. Hallelujah. Lord of Lords. Bow the knee. Glory, glory, glory. It is finished. That victory. Whoa. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 because I want to read it to you. Where? Oh, glory. You know, I know my wife likes these. She couldn't let them out. She always likes to watch um, moose, murders, things that are happening like that. Uh, um, all those programs, the last thing, someone's always dying in it, you know? Yeah, hello? Uh, am I talking rubbish? Uh, yeah, yeah, you all smile at me. Look, Vera, she likes Vera. I've been watching it with her. And I to, oh, I've got some thumbs up for that one. But it's, always, it's always about death, isn't it? What is the thing? No, you tell me. Everyone, I've watched Morse, I've watched Endeavour, I've watched all of them. It's always about somebody dying. It's never anything else, is it? Hello? Death in Paradise, another one. I don't think that's paradise, do you? Glory, heaven's paradise. But it's true, they're all about death. Because death is a people fear death. That's why... Because it gets crit on the edge of your seat. Or is he going to get stabbed? I didn't watch Happy Valley. I know some of you probably did. I didn't, didn't watch that one. Viv did, I think, yeah. But it's always about, I don't think someone, I can't remember what happened. I didn't watch it anyway. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, Trev. I'm just saying. But death, right? It is a sad. But for us, it's not a sad thing, it's a homeward thing. I'm going to read something from you, for you from the scriptures here, look. Because I just want to... Oh, there we go. Whoa. Paul says, a final victory, it says, it's headlined in my Bible. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. For the last, so the last trump, sorry, for the eye, for the lot of the last trump. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruption, and this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the same that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Whoa. Death, where is your sting? And Hades... Where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory for our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abandoning the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Because Jesus beat them. He's resurrected. He's sitting right up loud in the seat of you and I. Think about it. 
It's not the end. We sang in the song, we sang, didn't we? We sang a line. It said, I believe it's not the end. Because it's not the end. It's the beginning. We're going to pass. This mortality, immortality, mortal, become like Jesus. Resurrection body. He's risen from the dead. You and I will be raised. The dead when Christ shall be raised first. And then we will, shall meet him in the Lord to ever be with him. Meet him in the air, it says in, the, in Thessalonians. I said, all those programs are all about death. But he died once and for all. And the life that he gives, he gives to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Revelation 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18 says, I am he who lives. I was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Jesus has got the keys. He's alive forevermore. Never going to die again. He sacrificed himself once and for all. God's preordained, ordained that it would happen. It wasn't something made up. We haven't followed what Peter says and the apostles. He said, we don't follow fables. This is a thing. Reality happened. Jesus died 2,000 years ago. It's not a fable. It's not things, uh, all sorts of fables. It's a reality. Christ died and rose again. And we died and we will rise with him. Hallelujah. I am alive, he says. I am he who lives. I was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Forevermore. Glory. Amen. And have the keys of Hades and death. See, that's it. So I talked about death. Jesus has got the key. He's taken away, stolen from the devil because the devil had the power of death. Because of sin came in the world and brought death. He's taken him away. He's kicked his teeth in. He stood on him. They crushed his head. What it says? Crushed him. Because he held, he held that power. He held that, but Jesus won it back. What Adam lost, that we read in Genesis, Jesus won back. What we lost, what humanity lost through sin, disobedience to God. One man's for offence, I read it in Romans 5, through one man's disobedience, many, you and I, were made sinners. But by one man's righteousness, one's righteous act, justification for many, free gift of eternal life, you and I. Hallelujah. Thank you this morning, Lord. Yeah. Thank you for the cross. It's foolishness to those outside. But it's the power of God to salvation. That's a belief. It's the power of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to leave you with this verse. You see, uh, Revelation chapter 12, 11 says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb that was shed. Speaks that's Jesus. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You and I, we overcome because of him. Because of his shed blood. 
because of all that he's done for you and I, we can overcome. That's why we're called overcomers. They overcame. We overcome. We are more than conquerors, Paul says. Through him who loved us. And from Romans again, back Romans, back Romans 8. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Glory. So whatever thing you're going through today, the conflict, whatever's going on. Let me tell you, Jesus has won your battle at Calvary. Whatever sin besets you, whatever problem you're going through, he won. Once and for a one, you know. One, Jesus won. Hallelujah. He won. The enemy is defeated. You are victorious in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. You are in Christ Jesus today. Think about that. You're in him. He is our living head. And that was the cost. This thing, what it represents. It cost him everything. Lord, we thank you for your cross. We thank you for your death, Jesus, and resurrection. We thank you for your blood that was shed, Lord. We often do communion and remember what you did for us, Lord. We thank you. You took that awful death on yourself that we could go free. And thank you for the cross, Lord. We say thank you this morning, Jesus. I thank you that we listened and we heard a message preached. It may have been foolishness. We were younger or how old we were. It doesn't matter. We got born again. We got saved because we believe the message that you spoke, Lord, your word, as people spoke and shared with us. We thank you this morning, Lord, for coming. Thank you that you're the only answer to the world today. Jesus is the answer. There is no other answer. No one above you, Lord, or below you. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you this morning. Amen.